0: You're listening to...
1: Hey, he said I could do it this time. Look, do you want to fight or would you rather go by forces and push the big guy out together? Take him out. Okay. okay. Jinx, jinx! 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 How wacky. You're, you're listening, listening to Jeff Lax Live with our dead Jeff Lax, Lax on the legendary Zev Brenner Talk Line Network. He is talking news with views so his ratings don't dive. It's the moment you've waited for. Here comes Jeff Lacks Live The left really hates him and he's ready to fight But the joke's on them because so does the right Here comes Jeff Lacks Live You can't top him Don't try to stop him Here comes Jeff Lacks Live the sound the man has been found here comes Jeff Lax live
2: and you are listening live to Jeff Lax live on 620 AM WSNR and streaming as always on the legendary Zev Brenner Talkline Network, talklinetwork.com. You can tweet the show at Jeff Flax Live. A lot of you have been making use of that last night and today. Holy cow! Man, does that mean a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to the young lady we had on yesterday. At Jeff Flax Live. Welcome to another edition of the show. Great to have you with us. Now, listen, this is not about me. Don't think that for one moment that is lost on me. This is about her. Record numbers of people tuned in last night. Not because of me at all. I know that. I'm not an idiot. But man, does it mean a lot to her? I got to tell you, I had a knot in my stomach yesterday. and, And I said it. I said it. I spoke to Erica, who opened the interview with me. And for those of you who are not up on it, I mean, go back and listen to last night's show because we had on somebody who was accusing a YU basketball player of raping her. And it was a tough interview. And I said, I never did anything like that. I was very nervous about how it would go over because when I taped the interview late last week, I shared it privately with a couple of friends. And I got to say, the early results were not good. And I was very upset about it. And what do I mean by, by not good? Well, I think there may have been a couple of rah, rah, why you people who were nervous about how it made YU look and didn't want me to air it and actually told me not the two people told me not to air it, which made me pretty angry. So people don't have a right to hear it and decide for themselves what they want to believe. But then I had a couple of female friends that I shared it with and they were unbelievably supportive. You got to air this. It's important. People should have a voice. Other people out there who may be victims, survivors should hear this and hear the bravery of this young woman. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I didn't say yesterday, and I hope I don't embarrass this person. I am so impressed with her from our off the air conversation, and I'm not going to get into it. If you're listening to the young lady, don't worry. I'm not going to say anything to hurt you or anything to harm you or anything detailed in any way at all. All I'm going to say is this, you are believable, you are sincere, you are intelligent, and you are the epitome of courage. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. You don't have to worry anymore. There's nothing else I'm going to say about our conversation off the air. So I was nervous when I had a couple of male friends of mine tell me, don't air this. I don't believe her. Now, I wouldn't have mentioned that story except for this because I do believe her. 100% believe her. I wouldn't have said this except for the following. We got hundreds of messages last night and today. Hundreds. I couldn't even keep track. I would answer three or four messages on on my Twitter DM and five more would pop up. I I was like running on a treadmill. And I'm going to tell you something, and I am so proud and I'm so relieved today. And I want this young lady to be as well. Every single one of them was positive. I am telling you not one to the young lady listening, not one negative message, not one person didn't believe you. Not one person thought you were insincere. Not one. that. It's something that'll take the knot out of your stomach. But who cares about me? I want her to know that she was believed by men, by women, by everybody. At least the messages I got. And I want to send out tremendous, tremendous kudos to Srili Fruchter. He's the hero here from an outsider's perspective. Besides, you know, she's obviously the hero and the courageous one. But in terms of getting the message out there, he went out, he's a student at Y. He's got everything to lose as a student at YU. and He goes out there and he makes this public having no idea how this is going to go. If not for him, I don't have this interview. If not for him, who knows if her voice is ever heard? Think about that. If not for him, who knows... If her voice is ever heard, that NDA, why you was a disgrace, a disgrace. I'm saying that as a human, but you know what else? I'm saying it as a lawyer. It's a disgrace what you did to that woman. So not only do you have her sign an NDA for a sexual assault, which is questionable to begin with. And this is a huge, in any capacity, but you have her sign an NDA after conducting the investigation before you will give her the results? Are you kidding me? This is not her allegation. This is their public statement. That's their own statement. That's outrageous. We're not going to give you the results of the investigation until you sign this NDA. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What country are we in? So to have the support, now I was so nervous yesterday, I didn't know how this would be received. As Erica can tell you off the air, I told her, I am really scared about this. But whether I'm scared or not is irrelevant. Sroly Fruchter really was the one who took that first step into the deep waters. That guy's a hero for allowing this woman's voice to be heard. Now she's the biggest hero of of all. Her story was entirely believable. And I want to show, I'm not just going to tell you my opinion. I'm going to show you why I took a clip from the show last night and I want to play it for you. I'm going to play it right here. And, and And if you don't listen, if this doesn't strike you at the center of your heart and say there's something to this, then you don't have a heart. Listen to this. From what I do remember, yeah, he was holding me down. Um, when I went to the hospital, I had like marks on my neck um, and bruising on my leg as well. So, oh yeah. my god! Uh, yeah, he was—he he was holding your neck. Um, I literally, I i don't really like my mind really blocked out so much of it um but that's that's what they said from the pictures and everything so they at the hospital they took pictures and the pictures show you have bruising on your neck and your and your legs yeah they took pictures and they did a rape kit. so marks and bruises on her neck and legs which she did not have the night before the date but had the morning after the date and there are pictures of it from the hospital. Now, unless you believe she got into a brawl on Fifth Avenue that night walking home with random people or unless you believe she punched herself in the neck and scratched her own legs until she had bruises, unless you believe that, that is about as strong as evidence that I've ever heard that the person she was with that night caused those marks and bruises on her neck, on her neck. So she was very clear that why you saw these pictures. What a disgrace. What an absolute disgrace. And I'll tell you something else about her. She has nothing to gain from. She's not suing anybody. And she's not going after rich people. This woman's got everything to lose by bringing this out. If it was not true, you know what that tells me? It probably is true. Now you got to be careful with this. I haven't heard the whole story and I'd be very happy to interview the person accused and why you for sure. But to tell me that her story alone is not believable. It's just not true. It's just not true. And I am a... Listen, ask my friends. Ask my Facebook friends. I am a critical thinker. If I believe somebody's lying about anything, I'm going to say that. That is not what I believe in this scenario. We've got a tremendous interview coming up that I did with Asher Lowy, who's the director of Zaka, which is a phenomenal organization that assists... Children who are sexually abused people who are sexually abused and and he has some just crushing things to say about the way this was handled at y u and we're going to talk to him right after this
1: hi I'm Zach Lax my dad hosts this show but I'm the brains behind the operation Good news if you want to be a radio star like me we've got open lines give us a call at six four six nine two six four six nine nine that's six four six 926-4699. Tell them you know me. You'll get right on.
2: TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.
1: You're listening to Jeff Lacks Live with my dad, Jeff Lacks, on the legendary Runners TalkLine Network.
2: We're back on Jeff Lax Live on 620 AM WSNR and streaming on TalkLineNetwork.com. And you can tweet the show at Live. We're continuing to talk about the very emotional story of the young lady who was talking on our show last night about how she was raped at YU and the way the school handled it. And I've been getting a lot of communications today from concerned people, very emotional emails about her story and about the way the the college handled it. And I have with me Asher Lowy. Asher is an abuse survivor and the director of Zaka. Which raises awareness about child sexual abuse in the Orthodox community, Orthodox Jewish community, provides support and access to justice for survivors, advocates for legislative reforms, and operates a Shabbat and Yom Tov mental health peer support hotline. Asher, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me on.
2: The first question I want to ask you regarding this student um, I know that Zaka was involved in some way. Can you talk about that a little bit and what the experience was and how you dealt with the, the student and the university?
0: Um, sure. So, so often when there's a public case of uh, sexual abuse, um, you know, people will recommend Zaka as a resource. Um, we were one of many resources that were recommended in the wake of the, uh, of the commentator article being published. So our role... Um, was to provide advice to several parties. Um, we provided what advice we could to the author of a piece. We also provided advice and support for student organizers who are currently working to change the way the Title IX process works at YU, um, hold the administration accountable, and ensure that this never happens again in the future.
2: Now, to the extent you are able to talk about this, obviously... Um, or, or maybe you want to go more general with this, but how do you, when you're contacted with survivors, uh, what is your process? What do you find that they suffer from the most? What do they need from you and what do you do for them? And to the extent you can talk about in this case, which you may not be able to, but, um, you know, we'd love to hear how you assisted.
0: So I can't really talk about specifically how we intervened in this case. Um, Our calls are confidential, so we don't give out that information. But generally speaking, when someone reaches out to us, what we do is we listen to to what they've experienced and we ask them what they're looking to do, what they're comfortable doing, whether they're looking to pursue a criminal case, a civil case, whether they need any mental health support, whether they have any more pressing needs. For example, if they have a need for housing or a need for financial assistance, and once we've heard their their story and what they need, we'll, we'll connect them with the best organizations that can help them. So if they need therapy and they don't have the resources to pay for that, for, for it, we'll connect them with an organization that provides free, free therapy. If they're looking to pursue a civil case, we have a legal team that we work with that, that we refer. If they're looking to pursue a criminal case, we put them in touch with... Um, uh, advocates who can go with them to a police station and sort of be there with them through through the process and if they need anything else we try to find the best match for exactly what they need
2: that's you know that's really wonderful and just it sounds like such a wonderful organization and at the end we'll certainly want to we'll give the information of of zaka so people can get in touch if they if they need your resources um okay so you heard the interview last night what were your impressions of, of hearing her speak, of the way why you handled it? What did you come out feeling afterwards?
0: I mean, first of all, I applaud her bravery for being willing to come on your show and talk like that. Um, I know how difficult it is. And it, I think it's important to mention that despite the fact that she's um, that she's anonymous, both in the article and on your your, your radio show, she's anonymous to, to the public. But there are people at YU who know who she is. Um, and I have no doubt that, that it's, that, that it's been difficult for her, uh, be- because there are people who know who she is, um, and her choice to be public about this anyway, in, 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 the way that she is, is, is incredibly brave. Um, uh, so what struck me from last night's interview was, um, first of all, I, I found what she wrote in the commentator article, um, and what she said last night, not only, um, Very compelling and and credible, but familiar as well. It's something that we hear from a lot of survivors who go through some sort of uh, abuse in an institutional setting. Now, obviously, what she alleged wasn't abuse by a member of of the YU faculty or a member of the YU institution. But because this case went through the Title IX process, it did touch the institutional mechanism of YU. And it was extremely disappointing uh i mean disappointing is way too light a word it was It was shocking and horrifying uh to hear what she went through. The fact that she didn't seem to have any real support from y u she was pushed into. Uh, uh, you know, signing a non-disclosure agreement. She was clearly rushed through the process without anybody holding her hand or t- or explaining to her what was going on. It didn't seem like she had received any real support resources from the the administration. The administration, from from what she said both in the article and in the in the interview, clearly didn't conduct a full investigation. And it seems that they didn't care to. If if they could have gotten access to the rape kit and they didn't even try so you know it, it, it just it just strikes me as 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 another instance of of an institution not particularly caring about the people within it and not taking the the time to create the resources that students would need in this situation it seems that they haven't given it much thought and that they don't really care to
2: you know i'm so glad you went into that so let me ask a follow up to that so you said that Uh, You talked about the NDA a little bit. Is it is it I, I was just stunned when she shared the information. And actually, I'll be honest with you. I was stunned by YU's statement. That is one of the stupidest public statements, honestly. And I'm an attorney that I've ever seen in my life because YU, in their own statement, admitted that they made her sign the NDA before they would give the results. Uh, so, in other words, they're saying in their own statement they conducted an investigation and they refused to give the results until the NDA was signed. Have you ever, I mean, in terms of your work at Zaka or anywhere else, have you ever heard of something like that before?
0: No, no, this is entirely non-standard, and I, I, I spoke to a number of experts uh, in in Title IX because uh, you know that's not my area of expertise. I'm not a lawyer either. zaka doesn't deal much with Title IX, so I reached out to a number of experts um, and lawyers to ask them about how the Title IX process in this case differed from the typical Title IX process at most colleges, and they were shocked. To hear that an NDA was part of any part of this process, I mean, it's so it's so non-standard to have an NDA these days. Even you know there are um, there were laws passed in in New York State that that prevent non-disclosure agreements um, from from being used in many situations involving sexual harassment, sexual abuse set- settlements outside of the Title IX process because. It's, it's becoming more and more recognized that non-disclosure agreements are typically used as a cudgel against victims to try to get them to shut up about what happened to them. And it's usually disadvantageous to them and advantageous to the abuser. So in general, the use of non-disclosure agreements is going out of style because of what they, they represent. The fact that Yeshiva University used one in a Title IX process is, is even more shocking because that just, it just doesn't happen.
2: I, I couldn't believe it, Asher. I, I was just stunned when I saw that. And I the, the information you just shir- shared, I think, is going to be so helpful to people who have been victims and that are survivors, and that they should know that they don't have to sign something like that. And if they don't feel, first of all, you can show you go to a lawyer if you need to, or ask for counsel, or ask for some kind of an advocate, which I know some schools have. But secondly, if they don't feel comfortable, don't sign it. Uh, I just found that so outrageous, not just the existence of the NDA in this type of case, but the timing of it that they conducted an investigation and before they released it, they asked her to sign it. I mean, that's just unbelievable to me. And the other thing that I found outrageous, Asher, and I'm really curious to hear your thought about this, is the fact that they refused to even separate the alleged accused and the victim. That she asked for a very basic and I thought very reasonable uh, request, which is keep us separated which seems to make all the sense in the world to me. And she said they wouldn't do that. And in fact, they consulted with the accused and they said he felt uncomfortable with it. Who cares whether he feels uncomfortable with it? It seems so simple to me that they could separate them. Why didn't they?
0: I think that speaks to a larger systemic problem that YU has in dealing with this sort of thing. Um, in general, my my impression of this whole thing is that is that Yeshiva University's attitude is... Listen, we're an orthodox college, which they're not. We're, we're, we're an orthodox college. You know, premarital sex doesn't happen on, on, on campus. If it does happen and there's a sexual assault, all right, we'll deal with it if we have to. But really, this shouldn't be happening in the first place. And the reason why that attitude is so damaging, and to answer your question, is is because, you know, there's the, there's the basic law about how colleges have to function in this case, which while you may have followed to the letter, but... You know, one of the things that that anybody who does this this work and anybody who's who's trained in mental health, which Chaim Nissel is, um, is that when you're dealing with, with survivors of sexual abuse, you don't just have to follow the letter of the law. If you really care about them and their well being you have to make sure that the process is trauma informed. And what that means is that you're taking into account the realities of what a survivor of sexual assault is is, is experiencing and you're doing everything that you can to make sure that the process <clears throat> is is as easy for them and, and as non-traumatic and, and as not re-traumatizing as possible as they're going through it. That doesn't mean that you necessarily have to favor them in the, in the process unfairly, but you do have to make sure that their mental health is t- is taken care of and it seems very clear that why you from start to finish didn't care about that and didn't think about that i mean let's go back again and talk about the fact that she wasn't given access to a victim's advocate immediately she should have been immediately given access to a victim's advocate who could help her with resources who could help her walk her through the process who as you said could have maybe advised her on the NDA, put her, put her in touch with a lawyer, so so she consult on, on on the NDA. It sounded like she was pushed into something that she didn't understand. So that dovetails with exactly what why you did in this case with the with the no contact order that they refused to to issue without the uh, alleged abuser's input and 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 permission. If they really cared, if they really cared to make sure that she felt safe, that's a pretty reasonable accommodation. It might be inconvenient for him, but it doesn't prevent him from going to college, it just prevents him from being in contact and re-traumatizing the girl that he allegedly raped. And that's pretty reasonable, you know, that's the bare minimum that they could have done to make her feel safe on campus. Why does she matter less less than him? Why is she less important than than he is?
2: A hundred percent, and especially considering that one of his teammates called her a whore and a slut in public. I mean, to see that happen, I mean, you're 100% right. And especially you have these circumstances where another of his teammates was harassing her in in a public space from what it sounds like to me, from what she said, just totally outrageous. Uh, Listen, the information you're providing is so helpful. I really hope that victims of sexual abuse Contact, assault, rape—you know—are hearing this, and potential victims are hearing this. I hope it never happens again, obviously, but we know, sadly, the environment uh, is so rough for ones who go through this. And I hope they listen to what you're saying because I think it's so reassuring that they should know that they have these rights. I think one of the problem is too many people. You know, first of all, it's a trauma in and of itself. They need to be told, you know, proactively about their rights because they're not going to be thinking about this and they're certainly not aware that they have these rights. So I really appreciate all the stuff that you're sharing. Is there are there any other thoughts you have before I, I let you go that about this case or in general that you want to share with people?
0: Yeah, I I want to talk about the the Title IX process at, at YU and who comprises the the Title IX compliance office there. So you know, I I wasn't an expert on why use used t- Title Nine office. Typically, the way it works in a college is you have a Title Nine coordinator, then you have a couple of Title Nine officers. Um, and I checked with every other college, every other major college in New York City, and every single one of them has a dedicated office with a dedicated staff. And those people's job is only to do Title Nine, And they tend to be educated in psychology or, or criminology or or some field where they would understand what a survivor is going through. Why you kind of slapped together a whole bunch of people who already had other jobs. Nissel was a dean of students. They had the director of athletics as the as one of the Title IX officers there. Wow. T- talk about a conflict of interest there. Why doesn't YU have a dedicated Title IX coordinator and dedicated Title IX staff who aren't then going to be influenced by considerations outside of what's best for the women who are coming forward about sexual assault. You know, Nissel may, may have other considerations as the Dean of Students. The Director of, of, of Athletics may have considerations for the team and his athletes. The only, the only role the Title IX officer should be playing and the only concern they should be having is for the women who are coming forward, or the students who are coming forward and alleging that they're facing some type of, of discrimination or abuse or assault, which is the job of the Title IX office to be dealing with. They shouldn't have any other considerations. And the fact that every single other person in that office is wearing a different hat right. means that that the students who are coming to that office are not the first priority. And that's a really big problem.
2: Do you so let me? So you don't think that why you just messed up this one time? You think systemically they have a horrid system to deal with this?
0: Yeah, I mean th- this they, they, they really seem not to have put a lot of thought into it, not have put a lot of concern. I mean I know that that, that you know they they kind of hand wave away the fact that they don't provide any resources to survivors um, by saying, well, we have a counseling center which is open to, to everybody, but th- that's not good enough. as no. you said, it needs to be a, a, it, it needs to be a proactive thing. One other thing that I want to say is that you know there's, Y.U. is tripping over itself to make promises for improvement in in the future. And that's great, but there needs to be accountability because we we need to understand exactly how this happened and who's responsible for it. And and what Y.U. should commit to and what people should be pushing them for is an independent investigation into their Title IX process, how it's failed in the past. That process should be open to, to current and former students who have been through that process to talk to these investigators. And then the full report, not redacted like they did in, 20, in 2014, but a full report should be made public so that they could be held accountable and people can make sure that, the, that, that there are real improvements in the future.
2: And I'm assuming from uh, the way you discussed this, that the director of athletics did not recuse him or herself from this case with the student. Is that correct?
0: Um, I, I, I don't have any specific information about that, but, you know, the thing is, um, it, it's, 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 kind, it's, kind of, it's kind of hard to, to verify whether someone has actually recused the, the, themselves in a system that closed, right? So let's say he recused himself in the sense that, you know, he didn't sit on whatever committee made a decision about this, but, you know, he's still part of that office. He still sees these people every day. He still talks to them about it. So what does a recusal really mean in that context?
2: Wow. Well, Asher, thank you so much. This is such an enlightening discussion. It needs to be one that we have more often. But can you tell people out there how to get in touch with Zaka?
0: Sure. So uh, um, we're open um, Sunday through Friday, um, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, for survivors of uh, sexual abuse. Our number is 888 um, and on Shabbos and Yom Tov, it's the same number, 888 492 2524. We're available by phone and by WhatsApp uh, day and night on every Shabbos and Yom Tov for mental health peer support for anybody who feels that they need to reach out. And I just want to say that this uh, hotline operates under the guidance of, of Rav Yosef Blau. Um, so, so we do have for been in supervision for this. It's okay to reach out to us if you feel you need to on Shabbos and Yom Tov.
2: Amazing. And I'm sure people would also like to know how they can donate.
0: Yeah, so um, if you go on, on our website at zaka.org, that's Z-A-A-K-A-H.org, um, there's a donate button at the top that will take you to our donation page.
2: Wonderful. Asher, thank you so much. That's an important conversation and I appreciate you sharing all of that.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. This is Jeff Blacks Live.
2: And we're back on 620 AM WSNR. You're listening to Jeff Lax Live on the legendary Zev Brenner Talkline Network, talklinenetwork.com. Oh, boy. Man, that's been a very emotional couple of nights. Holy mackerel. You know, uh, I want to highlight a couple of the messages that we got because, and by the way, we'll take your calls. Uh, I know there's a lot of strong opinions out there, so you can give us a call at 646 926 4699, or if you pr- prefer, you can DM the show at Jeff Flax Live. So again, the call number is 646 926 4699. 646 Nine two six four six nine nine. If you have opinions and I know they're out there, please give us a call. um I want to reach. I got one of the DMs I got really stood out to me in terms of that it was from a former YU basketball player, and I, and he actually said that he did not need to be anonymous. So I'm going to give his first name. I want to give his full name, but I know he said he didn't mind. But his name is natan former YU basketball. Here's what he wrote to me. Hi, Jeff. I'm a YU graduate and a former basketball player. I fully support the interview tonight, and I find the young woman credible and brave. Thank you for helping bring this to light. I also fully support the Max, and haven't found much in the way of condemnation for the coaches or other players not involved. YU has a lot to be ashamed of, or at the very least uh, to explain. And I think, you know, he really hits on a couple of, and uh, thank you, Nathan, for that. Uh, very nice message and I shared it with the young lady and I think he hits on a couple of important points here you don't have to pick between supporting the max or even supporting YU in general as a as a concept um, and supporting the victim here you do not have to pick here is a former max player who's telling you he supports her and he believes her and so do I and he still supports the max which he should Nothing wrong with that. The overwhelming majority of people here did nothing wrong. The overwhelming majority, if not all, of the players did nothing wrong. Who's to blame? A few people who run the way YU works on these issues in the administration. That's who to blame. So when we say YU, we're not condemning what YU is all about. We're not condemning the many amazing teachers and rebellion there. That's not what we're doing. We're saying the people who lead these types of investigations uh, are are the ones at fault, not why you in general. All right, we got a caller on the line. We're going to go to Shlomo. You're on the air, Shlomo. What's going on?
3: Hi, yes. Um, Yeah, I I totally think that this woman is believable, and I think it's a disgrace why you handle it. I just have a question. Is, Is this young lady plan on pressing criminal charges with the police?
2: Well, we asked her that. Uh, did you hear the interview yesterday?
3: No, I just I just tuned in tonight. I'm sorry I didn't hear the interview.
2: So you yesterday. can go back and... I, did,
3: uh, I, did read about, I read about the story online after I heard it tonight. I googled it, I read the commentator article, and I read the uh, forward article, so I... a little bit familiar with what's going on here. A
2: lot more information came out last night on the show because we interviewed her. So I would encourage Mm -hmm. you to... I'm going to answer your question, but I would encourage you and anybody listening tonight for the first time to go listen to this. Uh, It's gone Mm -hmm. viral. It's been listened to by thousands of people at this point Mm -hmm. already. Um, Go on my Twitter page. Go on at Jeff Lacks Live. You should find a link to it there. Or if you just Mm -hmm. uh, type in Jeff Lacks Live into Spotify or any of the Mm -hmm. podcast apps, it'll come up. Go listen to it. She was very credible right. she was very sincere and her story is totally believable um but to answer your question i did ask her about the police um and she th- I, I think the impression i got and i don't have any inside information on this but she didn't really w- didn't seem able to answer that question and you can speculate uh, you know about that i'm not going to um but we didn't get a clear answer to what the status is with the police that's i will tell you though shlomo that is one of the most a uh, common questions that I got over DM last night. Um, but what, was your, what was your impression from reading the articles? You said you read two articles about it.
3: Yeah, no, I just think that that YU was apparently more mm-hmm. more interested in protecting themselves than than caring than caring caring to what happened to this young lady. I think this is a disgrace. But but this seems like you know a, a cut cotton dried case, a criminal case which uh i would i would hope at some point she might want to consider pressing a criminal charge but a lot of people I mean, a yeah.
2: lot of people are hoping that shlomo a lot of people anything anything else you wanted to say about it no that's it i like your show very hard-hitting thank you and, i really uh, appreciate it's
3: that and i'm happy to hear it on the air
2: thank you my friend have a shabbat shalom
3: sure you too man.
2: so yeah i mean i i encourage him and anybody else who hasn't heard yet to go listen to it it's really hard from an article to hear the sincerity in someone's voice. And she just comes off as quite sincere. Um, and the way she delivered the facts, uh, you know, I'm sitting there conducting this interview. I didn't have any inside information going into it at all. Nothing. So when she was telling me about the bruises on her neck and her legs and that there were pictures, I was shocked. I sat there just stunned. You can even hear me like take a deep breath. And frankly, I know that doesn't sound good on radio, but I couldn't help it. So I was shocked when I heard that. And that's, I mean, how do you get more, again, how do you get more compelling than the fact that there were no bruises on her before her date and the next morning she had bruises on her neck and her legs? I'm sorry. How do you get past? Now, if why you, she says why you saw those pictures and I believe her. If why you saw pictures on her neck, uh, bruises on her neck and her legs that did not exist the night before the date. Boy, you know, they're culpable, but that's a whole new level of culpability. I want to commend Natan on that beautiful message that he sent me. And there were so many others. I wish I had time. Maybe should I read one more? I want to read one more. Uh, This one was from a survivor and anonymous. I can't say the person's name. Um, said, please pass along the following. As a victim of a cover up of abuse allegations and being part of a lawsuit against YU uh, and having experienced some of the same behaviors that YU has exhibited towards her and the handling of her allegations, I want to say you are not alone. And I know what it is like to get to the point she did. It takes even more courage than one can imagine to come forward. Yeah, I mean, listen, I can't relate to that. Um, thank God, you know, but man, I have no doubt that's true. No doubt that's true. We'll be back right after this.
1: You're listening to Jeff Lax live with my dad, Jeff Lax, on the legendary Seven Runners Talk Line Network.
2: Talk Line Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish
0: community. This is Jeff Lax live.
3: Well, you're a real tough Rebbe with a long history Of failing us in sheer so easily Before you put another dollar in your record book Let's give the Tosos Rashi Riff another look Hit me with your best shot Why don't you hit me with your best shot? Hit me with your best shot Shlying away (laughs)
2: hit me with your best shot that is the great lenny solomon now okay i i'm i don't care i'm not gonna be i'm not embarrassed okay you know what i am embarrassed to admit this but i don't care i gotta be i gotta be real on this show people told me before i started doing radio shows a couple years ago uh the number one piece of advice just be yourself if you try to be anything else but yourself you're gonna stink now i may stink anyway But at least I am myself. Okay, here's my admission. I love Schlock Rock. Now, I haven't heard Schlock Rock in literally 30 years. But when I was a teenager, I made you myself here. I loved Lenny Solomon. Now, I saw he has a new show out now. I didn't know he was still doing this. I got to get Lenny Solomon on my show. Does anybody out there listening knows Lenny Solomon? Hook me up. I'll hook you up with the Jeff Lacks Live t-shirt, which doesn't exist, but I'll make one for you love Lenny. Hit me with your best shot. (laughs) Come on. That's great stuff. I just happened to see it on LinkedIn that he has his, he does a show now. He has 162 shows already. I'm not, listen, I don't care. I'm going to go back and watch those. I don't care what you think of me. Listen, it's cool to have, if if Weird Al Yankovic exists, why can't Lenny Solomon? Why can't that be a respectable listen? I, When I was a kid, I loved all his songs. I loved that. I was humming his version of classics, not the actual ones. That was what he did to the tune of Glory Days. And I love maybe my favorite one. Oh, God. What was it? What was the I don't remember what the Jewish version was anymore. I got and he did one where he did a Bruce Spring uh, born in uh, born in the USA uh, born. Uh, uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. But uh, wash this way. Remember to wash this way to the tune of "Walk this way, wash this way." What you let you die? wash this way. Just bring up the cup. <laughs> I can't listen. I can't hit a note for the life of me. So I'm sorry if that <laughs> incarnation of it was terrible. I felt like we needed a little bit of a change of pace here in the show, and so I had this in my back pocket over there because I came across this earlier tonight, and I just took a clip of one of his songs. And I said, you know what? Uh, We may need to lighten it up a little bit by the end of the show tonight. Listen, we're going into Shabbos. It's Thursday night. We've had a very emotional week. I said, let's lighten it up a little bit, maybe at the end of the show. So that's what we're doing. But I love Lenny Solomon. I'm not kidding about that. Love Lenny Solomon. Please. If you know Lenny Solomon, hook me up. I want him on the show. (laughs) I love his stuff. I can't believe he's still doing this. That's awesome that's tremendous all right so in any event uh give us a call 646-926-4699 you still got a couple of minutes to get in a quick call 646-946 uh what did i say 92 sorry 926-646-926-4699 lenny you got me like humming your tunes in my head and screwing me up Ah, somebody just sent me a message. Okay, thank you, Neo. Neo, I'm going to give you a little shout-out here, Neo. Uh, maybe people will follow you on Twitter. Neo Litvish on Twitter. He he corrected me. It's uh, born in the USA. Oh, right, 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 right. Listen, Neo, this was 30 years ago, okay? So cut me some slack the last time I heard this song. So he says it's born in the USA, making Aliyah today. Right, 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 right. Born in the USA, and I'm... Making Aliyah today. How's that, Neo? What do you think? Thank you for that. No, that, that was really it was driving me crazy. What was the Born in the USA song? Oh my god. Crazy Schlock Rock. Now Neo says that uh, Lenny Solomon is the king of schlock and he's his idol. I mean, let's not go, let's not go crazy, Neo. Come on. His your idol? It's great, it's fun, I love it, but his your idol really? <laughs> hook me up with Lenny Solomon I will ha- I, seriously I want him on the show I want to spend the full hour with him I want Lenny Solomon on my show hook me up I'm all in in terms of musical you know it's funny I is it just me or is music horrible today I mean honestly I used to listen to all the pop stations uh, I can't listen to it anymore there's nothing and I don't care what anyone says rap is not music it's just not. Now, my kids, and this is really horrifying me. My nine-year-old now is into some rap, so- rap songs. My nine-year-old. And I'm just like, my hand is hitting my forehead like, really? And I try to tell them, it's not music. Rap, if you think rap is music, please call me. Because I have a couple of things I want to tell you. <laughs> but everything has a little rap in it now. All the popular songs at least mix in some rap, or at least a lot of them. And I just want to smack myself in the head. I don't know what happened to music. The 90s were a bad decade for music, but man, this is the worst. The last 10 years, music has been horrible. Absolutely horrible. So you know what? Yes, bring back Lenny Salomon. Absolutely. No qualms about it. He sings the classics. He sings good music. And he puts it to these inspiring words. Here, listen to this one. Listen to this one. I got another one. It's so hard to be
3: a good Jew, in a world where no one cares It's so hard to do the mitzvot, in a world where no one dares But if you learn the Torah, then you'll know just what to do You won't desert our people, you'll be so proud that you're a Jew And you'll sing, we believe in Hashem, we believe in the Torah We believe in the sages of old who gave us our Masora.
2: (laughs) Come on, it's great. It's great. We believe in Hashem. We believe in the Torah. Tell me you didn't get some chills hearing that. Come on. Nothing? No chills at all? I don't believe you. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Asher Loewy. You are phenomenal. Thank you again to the young lady who came on. Have a wonderful as everybody. We have some big shows coming up next week. So stay tuned. We'll see you next week, everyone. Have a great weekend.